the bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Timothy Sykes, who's probably one of the youngest, if not the youngest, hedge fund manager around. Uh, welcome to the show, Tim. Thanks for having me. Let's just start with a brief uh, bio of you. You, you. You've got a new book out called An American Hedge Fund. We'll, we'll get into the story, but just kind of briefly tell us kind of how you got to where you are today as a hedge fund manager. Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, I, uh, my parents gave me my bar mitzvah gift money, uh, $12,000, when I was a senior in high school, and they said, go to work in the stock market, do what you can, and they thought I would lose everything. Uh, instead, I turned that 12000 into basically uh, $2 million over the course of four years, and that kind of gave me, uh, you know, <laughs> that kind of uh, return gets people uh, interested, so then I got family and friends and a few fund of funds investors. Um, and, you know, I, my strategy is very... Um, atypical. You know, it's, it's not just buy and hold. I'm, I'm kind of a, a day trader, so hedge fund was the uh, right structure for it. Very good. Before we go into a little further, why don't we, for, not everybody may know exactly what a hedge fund is and how it can do it. Why don't you just define, uh, you know, what a hedge fund is and, and who can and who cannot participate in them? Yeah, a hedge fund is, is kind of uh, like a, a new form of a mutual fund. Mutual funds are a little safer. Uh, hedge funds can pretty much take whatever strategy uh, we want, uh, you know, whether it's real estate, uh, private equity, or, or day trading, or currency trading, um, in order to make money for our investors. The difference, main difference is that hedge funds are for wealthy um, or accredited investors, meaning that they're usually millionaires or they're making over $200,000 a year uh, because some of the techniques that we use for our investments may be considered speculative. Uh, so that it's not necessarily right for somebody you know, who has like $5,000 to their name. So what are some things that hedge funds can do that mutual funds typically are not going to be able to do? Uh, most of all, we can short sell, meaning that we can bet against stocks. Uh, we can bet that companies will fail. And, you know, this is my specialty. Unfortunately, I have, like, the dark gift. Um, you know, there's so many idiots on Wall Street. I've met, like, half of them. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of these companies will fail. So I bet against them. And uh, most mutual funds, there's a few mutual funds that have started a, a hybrid model where they can actually buy stocks and short stocks, too. But, the vast majority of mutual funds cannot uh, bet against it. So they're kind of, I think that they're, it's a limitation because they have to be optimistic. They have to be bullish all the time. And in markets like these, they're, they're not doing as well as, as some of the hedge funds that can go both ways. So is that particularly helpful in the kind of market we're in today? Or yes. does it work in an up, up and down market? I mean, if you have a soaring bull market as we had, say, from 2003 to 2006, it would probably be hard to be shorting stocks, right? Yeah, well, I, I was the number one uh, short bias hedge fund manager from uh, 2003 to 2006. So you can short into bull markets also because, you know, I can go in and out very quickly. I, most of my trades I hold for uh, a few days or a few weeks because, you know, if I have a 10 or 20% profit, I like to take it. Um, so there, there are sectors that it's a lot easier, obviously, in bear markets. So let's just kind of start at the beginning. Um, your book is called An American Hedge Fund. Uh, tell us about the, the publisher of this book, by the way, and how people can get it. Uh, yeah, it's only available online, uh, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Um, and I'm really just trying to open up hedge funds to kind of the masses. Uh, I'm not saying be all speculative, take these crazy uh, strategies, but maybe implement some of them. Realize that you don't just have to buy stocks all the time, and you can short sell. You know, individuals can short sell. They're not limited like mutual funds are. So every now and then, you know, when Google's at 700 and everyone's saying, oh, Google 1,000, you might just want to say, wait a minute, this is pandemonium. 
maybe I'll take a small short position and see how that goes. And you can hedge your bets, and that way you're not, you know, bear markets are not necessarily something to, uh, you know, be afraid of. You can actually find opportunities. Uh, what are the advantages and disadvantages of, of uh, short selling stocks versus buying put options on them? Um, well, they're pretty much the same thing. The problem for me is that I've never traded an option in my life. Uh, you know, most of the stocks that I trade, they're not optionable. I'm trading very small and very speculative names. Uh, so I wish I could do uh, options. You know, the, the gains there are a lot better uh, risk-reward-wise. But I, I just stick to stocks, and that's what, I, what I'm good at. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, well, you start at the beginning, you say a view from the top. Why don't we just kind of give a, 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 an overview before we start getting into some of the other the individual trades and, and how you've done this, kind of give a look at it from what most investors' experience is and how what you look at is, is kind of different from them. Okay, yeah. I mean, I started, I, I had no idea this was going to be my career. I just got started. I was making money. It was a fun hobby for me um, at first. You know, the first chapter of View from the Top is actually um, a flash forward where I'm visiting this huge hedge fund, um, which will remain nameless because they're, they have very powerful attorneys, and I don't feel like dealing with that. Um, so, you know, my, my hedge fund for all its high ranking and for all my success, you know, I'm just a spec. $2 million on Wall Street is nothing. It, it's kind of uh, amazing to see the difference because, you know, most people, if you have $2 million, you're a hero. On Wall Street, it barely gets you in the door. Um, so the book really tries to show that. Um, and I don't know if I succeeded or not. You read it. What, what, how did I do? Well, I think it's an interesting story. Most people wouldn't think that... Uh... You could take your bar mitzvah money and, and you know, become a millionaire that way. And, and uh, on the other hand, you're taking huge risks, uh, concentrated style, and if it works, you do real well, but it can go the other way too. What, what kind of um, safety valves, I guess, do you put in if a trade that you put on is not working? Yeah, I mean, I, I watch the stocks every single second. I've basically had uh, no life for the past decade. Um, so that's, that's my safety. I've never used stop losses. I think all investors should use stop losses because, you know, all investors other than me and a few other people with no lives um, don't have time to watch their stocks every single second. So that's my kind of safety, and it's, it's worked pretty well. You know, there's still obviously risk because stocks can get halted. There can be uh, news that you, you can't anticipate, but... You know, far and wide, I, I really haven't been burnt uh, intraday. It's when, you know, if I'm holding for a few weeks and I'm on vacation or uh, in meetings and something happens, that's when I get into trouble. Um, do you have, you say you don't use stop losses. Uh, do you have a certain sell discipline that when you go into it in the first place, you kind of know what you're going to be selling it at? Or you have a, a guess of what that's going to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I take all my positions based on uh, the charts, technical analysis, um, so I'm going into the trade uh, with a certain uh, entry point and a certain exit point in mind, and I'm really just trying to see how the price action develops as I hold that stock to get me to uh, that conclusion. Usually it's between uh, a 10 and 20% profit uh, within a few days or however long it takes. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's worked in a few minutes, and I'm like, wow, I just made 20% on, on this stock because I'm trading, again, volatile stocks. Most of the stocks that I trade, they move – uh, sometimes 50, 100% per day. So this is definitely not for everybody, uh, but I just wanted to show it, look, this is one possible way that you can do with your money. And, you know, I, I need to make this clear. I never use leverage. 12000 to $2 million is all small gains built on small gains. And I think leverage is the worst thing for individuals, for companies, and look what it's doing to our country now. So. Uh, now, you, you're probably taking maybe no leverage, but you're probably taking some pretty big-sized positions. How many 
shares do you typically buy of these kind of stocks? Um, you know, I don't like to be more than 1% of the daily volume, uh, so it, it very much depends on how liquid the stock is. Uh, but when I first started, I mean, I was going all in. I had no discipline whatsoever. I had no investing knowledge. So for the first two years, I mean, every single time I was putting all my money into these stocks, which is, I look back and now it's madness. But, you know, I didn't know any better, and there's really no guides to financial speculation out there. So uh, so let's go through the process a little bit. Um, what software do you use, and how do you find the stocks that you want to be either going long or short? Uh, I use Thinkorswim. They're my favorite broker, uh, thinkorswim.com. And uh, I pretty much just look on – I like to use a lot of free tools. I don't like to keep it uh, complicated. Keep it simple. KISS works perfectly for me. So I look for the biggest uh, percentage gainers every single day. Uh, Yahoo Finance has a great list of them. And I'm trying to look at all these stocks moving 20 30 50% per day. And I'm trying to determine, look, maybe some of them have good earnings. That's a fundamental changing event, so I think the stock will keep moving higher, or maybe uh, an analyst recommends them, and I don't think that's a very important event, so I would look to short that. So the question is whether this, I think the stocks will continue to go higher, or I think uh, a reversal is likely, and then I go from there. So you're doing the, the biggest gainers and the biggest losers every day? Is that, that's no, just, just the biggest gainers. Um, there's something, I, I, I can't explain it, but when you have a big loser down 30 or 50%, it just screws everything up because there's so many bitter shareholders, uh, so many people with different expectations. I find stocks moving higher in, like, manias and, and bubbles. That's my kind of play. I think it's a lot easier to uh, predict. So these are stocks that are uh, largest percentage gains. It doesn't have anything to do with volume, or you're also looking at volume as well. You know, um, I want a stock to be in play uh, because I want the fickle day traders to be involved because, you know, since they are day traders, if we're, we're all looking at the same charts. So if something starts to look bad in the charts, we all kind of think alike, and, and it's like lemmings. Uh, so a, a little pebble falling off, you know, can turn into an avalanche, um, and that's really what I'm trying to, to look for. You know, I'm not looking for stocks where there's lots of long-term investors because long-term investors, they don't care about, you know, 10 or 20% intraday moves. And usually most of the stocks that they have don't, don't have those kinds of moves. So, okay, so each day, how many stocks do you look at uh, to see who've had their biggest moves? Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the entire market. I, I'm unbiased as to what sector I'll play. Uh, lately, gold uh, and commodity plays have been surging. I, I don't like to play those because those are, you know, not so dependent on day traders. They're more dependent on the price that they're tied to. Um, but every day, you know, I'm looking at about a thousand stocks, and I narrow it down to usually about a dozen, um, and then I might play uh, one to three stocks. I, I really like to only focus on uh, a few stocks because I like to know all the variables and do research ahead of time. So, do you typically do it at the end of the uh, trading day? You see what the you know, biggest advancing stocks were, then you do your analysis overnight, then put your trade in the next morning. Is that the way it works? Or you're trading during the day mostly? Um, I mean, it, it depends, but I, I definitely prepare the night before and the nights before. I, what I like best is um, a multi-day pattern because then, you know, you have all these people involved over the past few days, and, you know, I don't like to play a first-day run-up um, because then, you know, lots of short sellers who, again, want to bet against the stock price, uh, they enter too early, and then you have these issues, these things called short squeezes where, um, I don't know if your, your listeners know about short squeezes, it's somewhat technical, where all these people that are betting against the stock have to buy to cover their shares back as the stock goes higher, and it makes uh, for very volatile trading. Very good. We're going to go to a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my 
guest this hour is Timothy Sykes, uh, who is probably the youngest hedge fund manager in America. He's got a book out called An American Hedge Fund. Uh, his uh, press behind it is called Bullship Press, and you can get it on Amazon or from his website as well. We'll be back after this. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Timothy Sykes, who's written a book called An American Hedge Fund. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Tim. Thanks. Let's uh, tell people um, how they can get the book and also about your DVD and uh, blog, and how, how they can find out more about you. Yeah, I, uh, the book is available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com, and also through my own website, uh, TimothySykes.com, which also features um, a blog and my DVD. So basically, I, I just want to teach people this entire process. I don't want to give any stock picks. I want people to actually do it themselves because, as you'll see, you know, if they come to my website and read the book, I'm not that good. For all my success, I, I think I'm just barely scratching the surface. So I, I kind of want to be like a Archie Manning and, and guide my sons to the Super Bowl. And do you have, in fact, a following that um, if people you know, see what stock you're in or out of, or yeah, long or short? 
Yeah, there's about 3,000 uh, visitors a day to my website um, right now, and it's, that's just doubled in the last month because we had a 15% month last month. Um, so it's, it's just open, and people can ask any questions because I know this stuff uh, is, can be confusing sometimes. So let's go back in the book and, and go into some examples of some of the, the trades that you had and kind of what you learned from it and what people might uh, you know, learn from that. You, you talk about one of your early trades being on uh, Supercuts or, or Regis, which is the haircutting salon. T- tell me that story. Correct. Uh, my dad gave me uh, shares of Supercuts, uh, Boston Celtics, and Viacom. Those were my first three stocks. Um, and I watched them every single day. This was before I was a, a day trader, you know, <laughs> and I was just saying, wait a minute, why do these stocks not move? But I held on to them. I didn't know any better. And Supercuts was my favorite because uh, before they got acquired by Regis, they actually gave customers a quarterly dividend in the form of a free haircut. So I was kind of a dividend investor. I didn't even know it because that dividend was making me 20% per year on my small little investment. So. It was kind of funny. They don't do that anymore, though, sadly. <laughs> okay. Do, do you play stocks for takeovers? Is that part of your game? No, I don't like to try and predict news. You know, my, my take is that I'm not that smart. There's a lot of people uh, with better information than me. I, I really just kind of want to keep it uh, as simple as possible and stick to my charts uh, because I think all news is, is unpredictable no matter what anybody says. Okay. All right, so there was that. Uh, just tell us about another stock in your early days of, of learning and, and kind of what you learned uh, from trading that one. Okay, well, back in uh, 2000, my uh, one of my greatest trades, I made $123,000 over the weekend. Uh, I bought the stock on Friday afternoon at $17 a share. Uh, this was when I was going all in, and for some reason I was conservative, so I only put 75% of my assets in there, uh, which were basically $170,000. On Friday, they had a press release saying they were going to be featured on CNN for their breakthrough technology that was going to make cell phones clearer. This was back in 2000. Cell phones were very fuzzy. Um, so I was like, oh, all right, this sounds like an interesting play. You know, it fit the, the chart pattern of a stock breaking out. Um, that week alone, the stock had gone from 5 to 17. So it was already up 300% on the week, and I said, screw it. Let's just go. Let's just keep going because the momentum and the hype continues longer than most people expect. So over the weekend, they, had, they were featured, and they had a, a great feature. You know, everyone was saying, oh, it's the next Microsoft. And on that Monday, I sold my 10,000 shares at $29. Uh, right at the open, and the stock actually hit forty, but I was pretty happy with my uh, one hundred twenty-three thousand dollars. I was just a, a freshman in college. But which stock was this? Uh, this was ISCO. Uh, now the symbol is ISO. It trades at twenty-six cents, I think, on the Amex. So you got out in time on that one, then, huh? What? You got out in time. Oh yeah, I, I got out within one day. The lesson is, you know, you can play the hype and the momentum, but just understand when that hype is gone, you know, it's over. So it typically doesn't come back, is what you're saying. Out of the thousands of stocks I've ever played, about two, uh, literally two stocks have ever remained in the you know forty to fifty dollar price range. I'm playing the worst companies out there. So another, what you're saying here is that there's a lot of hype that can get people excited about it, but very rarely does the company actually come through and, and meet the hype around the stock. Exactly. There are so many. I mean, business is not. It's a very simple thing. You know, you might be in the right place. Like, solar is very hot right now. Everybody is all about green energy. Oil is rising. But there's so many issues behind, uh, you know, the screen that you can't really see. And most of these solar companies are going to fail, no matter that their stock prices are, are high. So, so how do you record, um, know this is a very dangerous game to play when the hype is going to be surging and when it's going to be breaking and, you know, the whole psychology of investors? 
Well, it, it's it's dangerous long term because I can't predict which companies are going to fail. Obviously, the odds are against all of them succeeding. Uh, but if you actually look at the hype, uh, you know the hype patterns uh, intraday, intraweek, intramonth, uh, they're actually very simple. I mean, they're they're kind of like an uh, uh, upside down V. Um, so the key is just shorting them high and buying them uh, never <laughs> is is what it comes down to. Well, I mean, the one that you had that went up so much, you were buying at the hype, you just sold out of it quickly, but Correct. you can't that make money on the upside, right? That was back in 99 and 2000. That was, you know, I think a one-time event. Now these days, uh, you know, all you have to do is short it. And coincidentally on that one, if I had known about short selling at 30 or 40 or even $10 a share, you know, six years later at 20 cents, I'd be right. But I don't know. I you know, so you're saying everyone so- can look back. Make sure I understand this, this, the system you have. You look for the stocks that have had the biggest percentage gains over the last day. That, that tells you kind of what's hot right now. Yep. And then you see if the hype is building and you're, you're, getting, you're looking for ones to short, basically into that hype. Is that the idea? Correct. I am looking for the most hyped-up stocks that do not deserve it because, you know, usually they, they retrace. And they don't deserve it because you look at their fundamentals or, or is it mostly looking at the charts? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's all the fundamentals. They have no fundamentals. So all I have to do is look at the chart, basically, and see whatever stock is up enough. Um, you know, if you valued all of these companies based on fundamentals, they'd all be trading under a dollar. Um, uh-huh. So <laughs> fundamental research is not present, and that kind of makes it uh, easy. So have things changed on Wall Street lately where there's, in effect, been a cutback on research? Uh, after Sarbanes-Oxley, there was a separation of research and investment banking, so research has kind of stand on its own, and as a result, Wall Street cut back on a lot of research. Has that made it easier for you? Um, no. I mean, there's really no change. Most of the stocks that I trade, uh, they're very actively traded, but Wall Street looks down on them. I mean, most brokers don't even let you buy these stocks. You have to sign a, uh, a waiver saying, I, I understand this stock is volatile. Um, so this is mostly just individual investors, and I mean, there's a lot of them out there. Just no one thanks to uh, these hedge fund rules that forbids hedge fund managers from talking about these kinds of uh, stocks and these kinds of strategies, the, the general public is very unaware, and they're kind of going into this um, just very and very badly, and they're getting wrecked, and I want to change that. How do you want to change that? By opening everything up. You know, I have nothing to hide. I have gains. I have losses. Uh, but I want to teach my entire system and my entire strategies uh, and be fully transparent because, you know, I've seen so many people lose money um, thanks to the success. I was also on this TV show, uh, Wall Street Warriors, and that's kind of what inspired me. You know, before the, the TV show, I was just running my fund quietly, making money for me and my, my investors, but I got all, started getting all these emails from people saying, wait a minute, we don't know what we're doing. Please help us. So I, I, I want to help them, but I also see, uh, you know, a business in that. It's kind of uh, funny that being completely honest is, is a revolutionary business model in finance. <laughs> well, when people go to timothysykes.com, and that, by the way, is spelled S-Y-K-E-S, right? Not, not Correct. I, not. Yes. Um, you, you were saying you want to teach people to fish, not just give them the fish. What, what kind of things can they learn by, by watching you and, and uh, following your blog? Um, I mean, everything. I, I don't just write about this company, what I think it's worth. What I think it's worth is irrelevant. So when I make a trade, I detail the int- entire trade. I say, look, this chart pattern showed me this. The volume was this, so I bought this many shares at this price. And then I watched it for 10 minutes. The stock did whatever, 
and then I got out at this price, what, what I did right, what I did wrong, lessons you can learn. So I'm picking apart each transaction so that people can actually get a sense of what gets me into a stock, what gets me out of a stock, because, you know, I'm not, that, I'm not the greatest trader in the world, but I'm making money, which apparently is very tough to do, considering that 95% of traders lose money. So, you know, it, there could be worse role models out there for you. What, what kind of return have you had so far this year in 2008? Uh, right now we're up about 20%. At a time when the market's generally down, that's that's probably one of the better records. Exactly. Out there. Like last month, I'm writing up my uh, my monthly uh, review right now. We're up 15 percent when the Nasdaq, the Dow, and the S and P are all down five percent on the month because this strategy, you know, I I cut my losses very quickly, and it's just a question of how many opportunities there are, you know. And you're saying there's lots of opportunities right now. Yes, because there's still even with this bear market, there's still a lot of hype in solar, in China, uh, and now in wind energy and, and commodities. There's always a bull market somewhere, and that's really what I'm trying to uh, focus on. And you're saying there's always a lot of hype somewhere as well, right? Exactly. Very good. Okay, we're going to be coming back. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman, your host of uh, Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Timothy Sykes, uh, who has written a book called An American Hedge Fund. Uh, his website and, and blog is Timothy Sykes, S-Y. KES.com, um, and we'll learn more about how to create your own hedge fund after the break. We'll be back. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Business. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Timothy Sykes, uh, who's written a book called An American Hedge Fund. Uh, He's probably one of the youngest, if not the youngest, hedge fund manager in America. Been very successful at it. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Tim. Thanks again. Let's talk about one stock you you have a particularly interesting story about, which is called Cygnus, C-Y-G-N-U-S. Tell us the story about that one. Uh, Well, basically, you know, for all my talk about just ignoring these companies, I got suckered into this company because they had a great technology, they had a great story, they do uh, online ticketing, they handle all the online ticketing for Six Flags, Uh, you know, the the company presented themselves as the next ticket master, and I (laughs) bought it hook, line, and sinker, and I invested uh, basically uh, 20% of my fund into this company thinking that it would really make my fund. And, you know, the story plays out is basically the last third of my book. And, you know, all is not what it seems with these tiny companies. Uh, again, it's all hype and kind of, you know, <laughs> I, I don't even want to go into the nasty details. All you can say is that, look, this is a great lesson on why you can never believe these companies. You can never trust anybody on Wall Street if you just protect your cash and you focus on protecting that cash that is the way to play these uh, kinds of stocks. Why is it that Wall Street can get away with this? I mean, if you're saying that you're the only honest person on the street and everybody else is basically out there lying, how can they get away with this and have people lose money and people keep coming back for more? Uh, well, I mean, it's, well, why do people keep going to casinos? I mean, this is people are greedy. They, they want to make money. Some people do. You know, it's not like uh, there's a lot of people out there that are making money. They just don't necessarily have a system. They're buying... Uh, individual stocks. You know, there are some people that send out newsletters to 10,000 people, and they send out half of the newsletter um, saying buy the stock and half the newsletter selling the stock, and then they do it again and again. And sooner or later, you know, after eight newsletters, they've got about 500 people that think they're perfect. So there's lots of uh, different schemes to make money uh, on Wall Street. And how are you different from those guys? Uh, well, you know, I'm just letting it all out. I'm talking about every single trade. People can ask me any question whatsoever um, about any trade or any stock. You know, this is all for, uh, for entertainment and, and learning. You know, I'm not giving investment advice, uh, so I'm not kind of bogged down by the regulations of the industry, which I think is the cause of uh, all this kind of uh, misinformation out there. Well, how should regulations be uh, changed to make things better for investors? Just open it up. You know, the, the problem is that the SEC uh, is very underfunded. They're very tiny. You know, how do you control trillions of dollars, uh, you know, protect people that are, are getting taken advantage of by, you know, frauds and manipulators? We're not playing with anything real. We're just playing with numbers here. So it's very easy to uh, stray from doing what's right. So the SEC has to put these regulations saying, look, you can't talk about uh, stocks. You know, you can't give investment advice unless you're a registered investment advisor. Uh, There's a million regulations. For one, what I found ridiculous, preposterous, was that most people in the business could not comment on my book because that would be a public statement. Even if they liked the book, they could not say, I like the book. That would go against SEC regulation. (laughs) Okay. So let's just talk about the hedge fund business that you're in a little bit. Uh, Lately, there's been a lot of hedge funds that have been blowing up and they took enormous uh, risk in, in uh, subprime mortgages and 
all kinds of aggressive strategies in third world com countries and so on. What is your uh, assessment of the state of the hedge fund industry right now? You see, this is the, the misinformation that's out there. You only hear about funds that are blowing up because the 99.9% .9 of funds that are not blowing up cannot say anything to the press. So you have this whole kind of just, you know, the public is so scared of hedge funds. They think these are dangerous, criminal-type businesses, you know, or we're treated like drug dealers, and they're really not. They just are not allowed to talk to the press or talk to anybody who's not wealthy. Even if they do talk to people who are wealthy, they can't say much because we live in a litigious society and they're so afraid of saying anything and getting sued. And this is the, the atmosphere, the environment that the hedge fund industry is in. You know, hedge funds are very safe by and large. I mean, the vast majority of them are performing very well and you just will never hear about it. I mean, there are these ranking services, I guess, that rank them, and they, they say how overall the industry has been doing. And my impression was that lately they had not been doing well because of all the exposure and subprime and other kinds of toxic mortgages. Yeah, well, I mean, nothing is really doing well. I mean, the, the whole markets are, are, are crashing. So anybody who's other than a short seller, um, and short selling is a very small market of the, the hedge fund industry. I mean, I was number one for three years just because my fund made money when every other fund that was a short seller made or, or lost money. So it wasn't very difficult. There were only 20 funds in my category. So, you know, mutual funds, they're getting wrecked, too. The difference is that hedge funds do take on uh, more speculative stuff like mortgages and debt and, and bonds and municipals. Um, so they do have a little more exposure. But by and large, over the past, I don't know, 10, 20 years, I mean, hedge funds have outperformed because they do well in bear markets. Over the next year or two, you'll see hedge funds will outperform mutual funds. Yeah. So, um, all right, so let's go into the uh, uh, some inter things that you've been doing right now. What, what are some stocks you've been looking at? Not for the stocks, but I'd like to understand the process a little bit. And, you know, you're, well, I, I assume you're learning every day as you make these trades. What are some of the things you've learned in some of your recent trades? Yeah, uh, well, right as I'm doing this interview, I'll, I'll talk about a stock that's perfectly in play. It's a perfect example of everything I do. Um, you know, it's called Converted Organics, the symbol is C-O-I-N. Uh, right now it's breaking out to uh, a new high, or it's trying to, at $14 a share. They're into uh, recycling and, and fertilizer, two very hot sectors right now because it's, you know, agriculture, which is a good defense, defensive industry, um, and it's alternative energy, quote. So the stock is up from $3 just a few weeks ago to 14 So we have, you know, a nice little uh, triple or, or quadruple on our hands here, and this company has zero revenue, zero profits. You know, some of the people behind it, they have uh, some checkered path, and this is the kind of stock that I, I look to short um, on the way up. So uh, so it's had, had some big moves recently, so that's what attracted your attention in the first place. Yes. So when you I see something... I, could, I wish I could buy into this, but I'm just so jaded and uh, cynical. You know, it's very tough for me to buy this stock. So at what point... Okay, so let's just take an example like this. It's a hot industry... Uh, recycling, green, all it's got all these good things going for it. The hype machine is, is going on it. I mean, you, you could say on the reverse side, don't try to catch a falling knife. The other way, don't stand in the front of a rushing train as well, right? Exactly. And I am just, all I'm doing today, I've wasted my day before this, you know, just watching this stock. It's up $1.32 uh, on the day, 10%, and the markets are down. 
uh, not surprising. It's right at its all-time high. We're talking 1440 is its all-time high. So I don't like to short right at the top. I like to wait until, you know, we get to the other side of the mountain a little bit. And right now it's threatening to go to 15. And if it goes to 15, it'll probably go to 16, 17, maybe 18, because lots of people that are early that are betting that it goes back to single digits, they will get squeezed. So right now I'm just watching it. What are the signs of a short squeeze happening? Uh, usually, I mean, you can kind of tell uh, from the way that the, the price moves. You know, it moves in very sharp spikes where right now it's at 14.14. Three minutes later, it could be at 15.14 because there's just constant buying and the shorts are just panicking. And that's, you know, worsened by the fact that there are buyers out there that know that it's a short squeeze. So they push the stock even higher and then shorts get feel even more pain. So it's these sharp spikes of you know, 5, 10, 20% within a few minutes or hours. So you don't try to short into that then? No, no. <laughs> short squeezes, you know, I, it could stop at 15, it could stop at 25. And over the past 10 years, I've seen so many short squeezes. I mean, this one stock, uh, I actually detail in the book, uh, Internet Pictures, they had a, a special camera. I don't know, it, it never panned out. Uh, but the stock went from 2 to 27 in two weeks. So you never know when these stocks are going to end. So it's just best to uh, wait until there's a, a nice little crash off the top because that's usually a signal that then you got have the, the bulls running scared because you say, oh, it's a small crash off the top. Maybe this crash will become a big crash. Let me just get out. And that's when the avalanche starts. So, so you have to wait for it to kind of roll over first. And then, because it sounds like you're leaving a lot on the table then if you're not getting it at the peak. Exactly. And I have no problem. My whole thesis is to hop on during the run-up sometime and hop off um, and, and hop on again on the downside. I'm not trying to pick the top or the bottom. That's very difficult. Um, but with these volatile stocks, all you have to do is hop on, and it, it's like a roller coaster. So you can get the, the meat of the move, and uh, you know I'm still earning 10 to 20% within a few hours, days, or weeks. Now, with these very small stocks you're talking about, and you're selling short, you're not doing options, because options don't exist on these stocks, uh, do, 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 is it hard for brokers to lend you these shares? It makes it hard if they're very liquid, small companies to uh, be able yes. to borrow the, st the stocks? Yes, that's just another variable to add to this fun equation. To short, you have to borrow shares from your broker. And since everybody wants to short these stocks, they're not easily borrowable. So you have to also think about that. And sometimes you have to be early because, you know, there won't be any shares at the right time. So that just makes this whole thing uh, a lot tougher. So how do you do that? Do you have a, a broker who's got a lot of stock to lend out, or how do you actually execute this if it's hard to yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, th these aren't illiquid stocks. This stock is traded 3 million shares today, um, and I'm pretty much just going to, you know, short a few thousand shares because if, if I do short, um, I, right now it doesn't even look like I'm going to. But if I would, you know, it would just be a few thousand. Think or swim, again, my favorite broker because not only do they have the best customer service, they have the best borrows on shorts, and that's my whole strategy. Mm -hmm. Or right, so half my strategy. Tell me about another stock you've looked at recently. How about one that you actually executed a trade, a round trip, and kind of what, what happened in your process in, in going through it? Okay. Um, one I just did uh, last week was called uh, Dara Biosciences. It jumped from 2 to $6.00. Uh, in three days, and basically I was watching it. I tried to buy on the way up. I, I couldn't do it. I just I stink at buying. I'm, I'm so much better at being cynical. So I, I was looking to uh, short the stock, and I didn't get the, the perfect short at $6, but I shorted it right after a, a little crash at 5.40, and uh, the same day I covered it right around 5. So it was a nice 8% gain uh, intraday. 
And, and how many shares would you do on something like that? Just a few thousand shares. You know, that was not as uh, liquid. Uh, that's another, <laughs> just to add another thing into the, the mix, uh, some of these stocks are not very liquid, so I can't make more than a few hundred thousand dollars, maybe a few million dollars a year on this. So Wall Street doesn't really care, which is good and bad. Now, most hedge funds are dealing in the billions. They, they couldn't do what you're doing? Definitely not. This is why I think that this strategy is actually ideal for uh, smaller investors who are willing to take on a little extra risk, which is why, you know, I, I'm speaking freely about the hedge fund industry because I really don't have a future there because my strategy is not very scalable. But they are doing the same kind of thing just with larger liquid stocks, right? Um. Uh, yeah, I mean... Again, it's so secretive. You know, I, I hear a few stories every now and then, um, but these stocks, the stocks that they play, like Research in Motion and, and Cisco and Intel, you know, they're, they're obviously dealing with options. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess it is the same kind of um, thesis where you're looking to, to short high and then buy low or buy low and sell high. But, I mean, the hedge fund industry is so diverse, uh, there's a million different strategies. I assume your hedge fund is still open if people want to, to get into it. Is that correct? Uh, no, I actually just uh, closed it um, in order to detail all this. If I was open, I'd be uh, open to risk of lawsuit by the SEC, and I'm not that rich to, to fight the SEC. So, I, uh, you know, I, we had some gains, we had some losses. Um, I didn't have to close it, but I, I really wanted to be completely transparent. In order to do that, it's sad that I uh, actually had to close it. And how much do you have in assets now in the fund? Uh, the fund is closed. I mean, it's it's no longer. We just actually uh, gave back. Uh, it, the, the peak was just three million. So we're a very tiny speck in the hedge fund industry. I see. But oh, so in other words, you you brought it up to three million and then liquidated it and gave the money back to people who had gains. Correct. Correct. Uh, you know, we finished up um, just a, a few percent because again, the CYGT uh, Cygnus position really uh, hurt everybody, and it was a, it was a tough lesson. I see. So uh, there is no more hedge fund that you're actually running that people can get into at this point. You're pretty much doing it for your own account. Correct. I'm doing it for my own account, and, and I'm more of a teacher these days, which is uh, a lot more fulfilling, surprisingly. <laughs> okay. And so um, basically people can follow your moves, but they can't get into your, your fund at this point. Correct. I, I don't want to do this for, you know, what are you going to help? A few rich people? You're going to make yourself rich in the process? You're going to lonely and unhappy, you know, I mean, that, that, that's the life of a hedge fund manager, to tell you the truth. <laughs> okay. Most of the people think of it as, as much more glamorous than that, actually. They're all, that's why they got to read the book and see how it really is. Very good. All right, we'll be back. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is Timothy Sykes, uh, who's got a book called An American Hedge Fund, um, and you can see he has a very unusual strategy. We'll hear about more after this. Line in business. Voice America business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. 
Achieve total wealth management. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, right here on Voice America Business. Three Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a value-based approach to comprehensive wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road to financial independence. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Have you ever had a bad day and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? Then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and host Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. Winners know how to activate that switch, and so can you. The Winner's Attitude with Jeff and Val G. Broadcast each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The Winner's Attitude. Switch me on. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Timothy Sykes, uh, who is a hedge fund uh, manager. His, his book is called An American Hedge Fund, uh, How I Made $2 million as a Stock Operator and Created a Hedge Fund. Welcome back to the show, Tim. Thanks a lot. You say uh, towards the end how you uh, became a warrior. Tell us about the story of, of how you became a warrior, a hedge fund warrior. Yeah, I was, uh, well, I, I was um, in Trader Monthly uh, magazines, uh, Top 30 Under 30, in 2006. Um, and then that got me, uh, you know, I have a big mouth, so that, that got me on CNBC. And then while I was on CNBC, I, I guess I did well enough uh, for some TV producers to uh, like me, and they cast me in the show uh, Wall, Wall Street Warriors, which has now aired over uh, a thousand times in the past year on uh, Mojo. Nationwide. I see. And so, did that go to your head? How did that affect you as a trader? Um, I mean, by then I was already knee deep into CYGT problems, so I, I wasn't trading uh, as much anymore. So it didn't really matter. Uh, but it was definitely interesting becoming a, a reality uh, TV star. <laughs> but what, what I don't understand is on Cygnus. Why didn't you get out of them? I mean, you, you got into it, but it seems like a big part of your strategy is, is cutting your losses pretty short. Yes. And that was the problem. Uh, this is why I, I detail it, you know, because this was the one time that I ignored my charts and I believed in the technology. I took a big position. It was an illiquid stock. It's only trading, you know, 5,000 shares a, a day or so. So there wasn't really much I could do. Um, and trust me, I, I was selling my stock uh, all the way down once I realized it, but, you know, the, it, was already, uh, it was already painful enough. So you're saying that the lesson you've learned is never trust anything all hype, you know, will never come to, to fruition, basically. Pretty much. Well, I mean, some hype does, but there's really no way to, to uh, quantify it. So I'd say just trust uh, not in anybody, and, and you're better off. Uh, now, your last le- uh, chapter in the book is called Lessons Learned. Why don't you go through some of the lessons that people can learn from the up-and-down experiences you've had as a hedge fund manager? Yeah, um, you know, oh, this stock coin is just breaking out. I just bought, I just took a small position of, of 300 shares just because I need to be in on this because I'm a, I'm a hype demon. Um, <laughs> I'm already at 30 cents. I love this game. 
That's that's the main lesson, okay? This game is great. This is the true national sport. Forget about baseball. Forget about hitting a little ball with a little stick. This is money. This is business. This is what America was made on, and it's beautiful. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> what? Okay, so let's just take the example of what you're in right now. What made you uh, go from watching it to have, having to actually do a trade? Um, basically, you know, the stock was the, the prior peak was fourteen forty, and it's been struggling to break fourteen forty over the past uh, few days and, and few weeks. And today, uh, right during our conversation, you know, it, it was struggling, and just in the last few minutes, it, it broke fourteen forty, and now it's at fourteen seventy. So, just that thirty cent break you know, really scares a lot of short sellers. And I think that now, you know, I, I own this stock. I think that it goes to, to 15 maybe $16 uh, in the next day or two. So in this case, you broke your rule about hype. You're getting, you're, you're, you're becoming part of the hype by buying it. Oh, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I still hate this company. I think it is one <laughs> of the worst companies around. But I respect its breakout, and I respect this chart pattern. So I bought the stock, even though I don't necessarily like the company. And I'm not breaking my rules because, you know, I... I Trust me, I, I'm ignoring the hype, but I'm, I'm basing my investment decision on the price action, on the chart, and that's what I want to teach investors to do. You know, you can have the best company in the world, but if no one cares about it, it's not going to do well. You could have the worst company in the world, but if people believe in it for whatever reason, then you should buy it because, you know, it's, it's all a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's what the entire stock market is. So you're, you're in. Now, is, is it a breakout? Is that the key thing you're looking for, as you saw a, a prior high? And oh, it goes, it's 14.85. Come on, baby, keep it going. And if it goes over its uh, previous high, that's the breakout point that you're looking for. Exactly, and this was a high uh, made um, last month, uh, so it, it's gone a lot down. Uh, you know, it, it's retraced, and now it's breaking the previous high. So this is a very bullish signal. And so, okay, so now you're in. So when would you think of getting out? At, at what point, uh, you know, do you have a predetermined level that you? You got it at 1470 or something. Where, where would you get out? I got in at 1450. Uh, it's now at 1470. Uh, you know, I really have to judge and see how the price action uh, goes. You know, it's, it's working out very well right now. The volume is surging. Uh, the stock is surging. So as long as that happens, it's it's a momentum spike. And especially going into the market close. I mean, we only have a few minutes left before the market close. I think this spikes tomorrow morning as short sellers really realize this stock is breaking out. They don't want to stay short anymore. I see. So, so you'll, but if, if you see it spike on the short selling, uh, on the short squeeze, that might be your t time to get out? Exactly. I will take a, a dollar or two on this stock because I really do not believe in the company at all. It doesn't sound like you believe in any company, mostly. Uh, yes. Again, that's, that's my philosophy. <laughs> Trust nobody, and you just focus your investment decisions based on how the stock is acting. You're buying the stock. You're not buying the company. These are two separate things, and people are confused. Yeah, because most of Wall Street is doing all this fundamental long-term research on what's going on at the company. And, and this company has no fundamentals, so I can't do any research. This uh -huh. is like going, uh, this company is nothing more than a chip to me, like if I was in a casino. Uh -huh. Do you do a lot of overseas stocks as well? Do I, uh, no, no. This is, uh, you know, I, I, it probably would work, but this is a, a purely uh, U.S. game of uh, naive hype and optimism. So are mostly stocks that you're trading on the NASDAQ market or the, the, uh, the smaller NASDAQ market? Uh, I, I love the NASDAQ. This is a, a NASDAQ-listed stock. So, it, you know, it's a $70 million company. It's not huge, um, but it's not so small either. Most of the companies I trade are between 50 and $500 million. In market capitalization you're talking about? Correct. 
sales, may, they might not have any sales in some cases. Yeah, I mean, sales, we're, we're talking maybe a million or two. But it, again, it's the potential of the technology. Maybe this company will revolutionize recycling. I don't know. But you're not going to be around to see it. Hell no. I am out with my 5 to 10% profit probably tomorrow or the next day, ideally. Uh-huh. I see. So for, for, what, what kind of investor should follow your example? Um, somebody that's willing to take risks, that has the money to, uh, you know, I don't make money every single time. This Right now, I'll, this stock is working out perfectly, but somebody that can afford to take risks and somebody who doesn't want to necessarily be a long-term investor and wait till Walmart goes up two points over two years. Yeah. Uh, so should should people who are going to do that kind of thing take a small portion of their portfolio and, and do this kind of trading? Yes, that is that is my advice. You know, just if you have a small portion, then yes, it's risky, but it's such a small portion, and the upside is so great. It's I think it's worth it. You know, I'm I'm going to be like a professional uh, financial speculator. Now, you must have an incredibly complex tax bill to pay every year with all these short-term yeah, gains. Yeah, I mean, I just I just hire somebody. I I did that myself the first few years, but no more. So you just give them pages and pages of records and let them figure it out? Exactly. It's just a, a whole mess of trades. Um, you know, the good <laughs> thing about these brokers like Thinkorswim, you know, they, they really have their software together, so it, it's not as hard as it once was. But but you do have to pay taxes on all these gains, so it, it, it's oh, yeah. it's all 40%. short-term income, right? Short-term, 40%. Uh, it's, it's not fun. So the odds are definitely uh, stacked against you, but when you have... Uh, patterns like this, fourteen ninety right now. Look at this. I'm up forty cents in ten minutes. Uh huh. So, so you don't mind paying taxes if you have big gains, is what you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. You know, everybody complains about taxes. Look at foreign countries like Switzerland. You have sixty, sixty-five percent tax rate. Forty percent, please. We're getting off easy. Very good. All right, we're about to close. Let's just do one more time where people can find out about your website and your book uh, and your DVD. Yeah, timothysykes.com. Go there. Uh, you know, we have five or ten articles every single day. Uh, you can ask me any question you want. You can pick up my book. You can pick up my DVD. I'm going to just tell you everything I know. And again, his name is spelled Timothy S-Y-K-E-S. And his exactly. book is called An American Hedge Fund. Even though he doesn't have the hedge fund available anymore, you can learn a lot from Timothy if you're willing to trade like a maniac, the way he is, actually. <laughs> if you learn to trade the hype, that's what, it, that's what it comes down to. It should be called An American Hype. Absolutely. Well, this has been fascinating, Tim. I'm glad your trade is working out, and I think the listeners probably enjoyed this very much. Uh, Tim yeah. Sykes is, again, um, probably the youngest hedge fund manager, certainly one of the most uh, talkative out there. So thanks again <laughs> for being on the show, Tim. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. And we'll be back again next week. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.